Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. Um, really excited today. We got Leroy Troyer back on here. He's been on here before and just an awesome guest. And we got his uh, nephew, Paul Troyer, um, from Colorado. Um, just an awesome young man. Uh, gave his testimony at uh, Men's Encounter uh, yesterday. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but uh, the last Men's Encounter, he gave his uh, testimony. It was awesome and powerful and uh on his way back to Colorado, we stopped by and going to get a podcast done. I guess he'd been listening to some of them and just really appreciate the support that he uh, that he shows us. How are you fellas today? I'm awesome, man. Good. E- excellent. Yeah, I'm humbled to be here, but yeah, we're excited. Uh, had an awesome weekend, so. That's awesome. It wasn't, it was, it was probably my favorite encounters I'd ever uh, been to. I'm going to read out of Philippians uh, 3, 7, and 8 out of the TPT version. Yet all of my accomplishments that I once took credit for, I have now forsaken them and regarded all as nothing compared to the light of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Number eight, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It is all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as the Lord in all his greatness. I know us as uh, men, we've had to give up a lot, and none of it I would want uh, back for just the, for the experience and just of knowing the Lord and walking with him uh, hand and foot with him. There's just nothing like it. All the material stuff and money and all the other crud that come with the worldly life is nothing compared to this that's right i agree um today uh paul is going to give his testimony and uh probably be some of what he gave in a men's encounter but he's just going to start uh, speaking and uh um, we're just here and i know leroy was a big part of his uh testimony and um, we're just going to let him start speaking and there's something that highlights us or comes to like we'd like to know some more about it, we'll just stop and we'll talk about it and uh, um, really, really break your life down and just kind of see what all the Lord has done. I know He's done a lot for you, and uh, um, you're just a just a special, special man. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I was uh, I grew up in an Amish home, um, and. You know, I can't say that I ever uh, seen or heard mom and dad, you know, arguing or fighting or anything like that. Um, I mean, there was things that, there's things that I remember about growing up, you know. Um, I'm the oldest of 10, so come from a big family, and, you know, mom and dad had a, had a huge uh, responsibility in their home um, and, and you don't have to have 10 kids to have a huge responsibility but yeah. it was uh, I thought that was huge um, it is huge yeah in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, but yeah you know growing up and going to school you know I went to school we had our private Amish school uh-huh. Um me and my uh me and my cousins you know we there's obviously um if you're going to school there's obviously sometimes there's conflict um and 
you know, we used to fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, going to school, I was, uh, I was the oldest and the cousins that I used to, you know, hang out with and, you know, do, uh, we used to get in it pretty good. They had, they had brothers, older brothers mm-hmm. that, you know, they could lean on. Yep. I didn't have that. Um, so I was, I, I used to be fighting against more than just my cousins my age. Right. So it made me, it made me, uh, maybe, maybe I should say I didn't really have, uh, I didn't really have anybody that I could lean on. So I just stuffed it down. Yeah. Um, and I used to be very quiet. I used to, you know, I used to be embarrassed to talk to anybody even really because I felt like I was worth nothing. Um, and, you know, through that, I was, uh, I, I stuffed down a lot of stuff. Um, but when I was, uh, when I was 14, we ended up actually moving out of Oklahoma where I was growing up and where I went to school all my years and um, moved to Colorado. And when we moved out there, nobody knew me. They didn't know um, the old me. And that was an opportunity for me to um, maybe come out of my shell a little bit. Get a fresh start. Yeah. And I I did that, but I did it in a way of well, all of a sudden people are people are looking at me and the attention is on me like it hasn't been ever in my life. Um and you know, I thought that was I thought that was really something that you know, hey, you know, people notice me. They're like, "Who is this kid?" Um and I turned into a I mean, I'm not proud of this, but I turned into a, you know, it, I turned that into self. You know, it's all about me. That's what I thought. Have a false confidence. Yes. Um, my, my identity was in myself, and um, yeah, it. I ended up being like a show off. You know, show up at a gathering, and you know. Um, I was a big joker, um, and I still enjoy a good joke, you know, but that was, that was where, you know, I thought that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done the same thing. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I was, I, and that, and that led on into, you know, I met this girl, um, Susan, which is my bride now. Um, and, you know, throughout the, throughout my teenage years, you know, I was, uh, with the youth group and, um, but when I was 20, uh, me and Susan actually got married and that was in 2018. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought I had the world by the tail. You know, I was, this, this was awesome. Um. You know, I had a, I had a wife now, 
and she was beautiful, and she still is. Amen. Amen. Um, but I didn't know, you know, we when we got married, we didn't have we didn't have God in our life, you know. And even before we got married, you know, we were dating, and I mean, we got into things, you know, that aren't godly, um, dating and you know, having sex before we're married and all that stuff, you know, that's not right. Right. Um, but, you know, I was like, in the back of my mind, I knew it's not right, but I was like, well, whatever, you know, nobody's going to find out. We're just going to, we're just going to do it anyway. It's okay. Um, and, but yeah, we got, got married and, Oh, I think it was two years, a little bit over two years after we're married. Um, we had our first son, and yeah, he uh, he kind of changed my life a little bit, um, but it didn't stay long. Right. Um, before, actually, a couple months before we had our first son, um, we bought a business. The business that uh, that I was working at at the time, uh, we bought the guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a huge responsibility. I thought I did, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I and I would take that upon myself, as in, I'm the one that is in control here. This is what I need to do. I need to build my kingdom. Right. So it was all about self, and. Honestly, I I'll be honest, it was uh um you know, being about myself, I was successful. And I did make a lot of money, but I wasn't happy. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And it was uh it was at that time, you know, I me and me and my bride um I started putting distance between me and her. You know, like there's things that, you know, she would like to have my attention. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice that, my time. And I ended up putting my time in my business that I could have been spending with my bride. You know, after hours, working late, or, you know, all all of those things that, that uh, could have been done the next day. And if the next day didn't come, then it didn't matter. You know. When you say as men, though, like work is the greatest excuse for us not to have to spend time with our wife and family because we're making money and providing for our family. Yes, I would agree with that. Right, 100%. Yeah. We can justify it is basically how I look at it. Or you think you can justify it until, then, until the Lord gets a hold of you. Right. And then with work, you know, could lead into maybe a, a golf tournament that's involved from work, and this is in, involved with work. And what a great excuse to be able to tell our wives and our children as they're sitting home just wanting to spend time with us. And uh, it's it's a lot of men have wasted a lot of time driving nails, and their families are home hurting. As we've all been down to men's encounter, every man was down there was hoping their dad would tell them that he loved him more, that he spent more time with him. I mean, a thousand men, their their main problem leads back to their, their dad didn't do something right and we're not going to be like our dads, and then all of a sudden we're like our dads. Yep. It's a endless cycle. 
Absolutely. You know, what you said about our dads, you know, uh, telling us that, you know, they love the, they love us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was, when I was younger, you know, five, six, I remember that, um, you know, before we'd go to bed, we'd go over and give dad a hug, give mom a hug and they'd tell us, you know, good night, you know, and we would respond with good night and they'd tell us they love us. But I never, um, Growing up, I never took that to heart, and I and I'm not really sure why. Maybe maybe I thought it was just weird, yeah. You know, because my friends my friends they didn't have that. You know, if if I uh, went over to their house for for the night or something, and you know I watch how they do their thing, how they go to bed, and they're just like, "Hey, it's time to go to bed." I'm like, "Okay, so." That's the way it should be. My dad and my mom are just weird if they tell me that they love me. Yeah. But really, um, I feel like they did. They truly meant it. And I was just taking it wrong. Right. Yeah. It's pretty special uh, when I hear that because most of the time you don't hear that in the Amish uh, culture as far as because expressing yourself like that, um, very few people do. So when I hear that, I've never heard that before, but when I hear that uh, because Paul's uh, uh, dad would be my youngest brother, uh, he was the youngest in the family, so that's pretty special for me to hear that that there was that bond there that uh you have 10 children and and you're going to hug them up and uh tell them hey we love you before you go to bed obviously the oldest was probably out of the house by the time the youngest came right (laughs) it's pretty close (laughs) so but yeah it's a you know we think we're we're a lot of times i know like my wife would tell our children that dad loves you or you know you've heard it before dad loves us because he's working so much and he's providing and he loves you so much he's working but sometimes what we love is work and trying to be successful and you know that just doesn't it just doesn't mean as much as like your dad telling you that he loved you every night don't matter how much money he gave you or how much he done this or that for you but that I mean, that's the things that you remember. Just when you talk to people that really had a great relationship with their parents, it was just that love and support. I mean, that's where it's all at. That's where we all need to be. I mean, I wasn't great at it at all. But now, praise God, all our family can come back together and um, really love each other. I mean, there's nothing like it. Yep. Amen. And you being able to find that out, at a young age with your boys are still young to be able to make that change and to be able to pour into them and really love them more than work and whatever else goes on. I mean, you'll reap the benefits of that for generations after generations after generations. Right. Right. And I, uh, I thank God for, um, reaching down and getting a hold of me when he did while my boys are still, at the age that they are, maybe, hopefully, they don't remember their old dad. Um, and if they do, you know, uh, I think they'll remember their new dad more 
than they will the old one. For sure. I mean, my kids knew the old me, but they don't remember. They don't really remember the old me because of what Jesus has done and the Holy Spirit and what they know now is me. So right. I believe you're. Believe you're safe, brother. Right, yeah. right. Especially because <laughs> yours are four and three now, maybe. What they're, are they? They're two and three. Right two and now. three. So yeah. yeah, there's no way. Yeah, they'll never, they'll never, they'll never know the old Paul. You know, that's yeah. the exciting thing. That's why it's so exciting when you, uh, when you go down there and you see all the young couples, and I look at Paul, and and uh, it just, I mean, it does something inside of me. You know, to look at that and, and, uh, because they've got all the tools they need and they know that, uh, you know, pouring into your family and putting the Lord first and all of that is, uh, way bigger than the picture and the road that he was on, you know, and which he ain't got to that part yet on his testimony. But, um, you were, uh, basically, uh, doing all of your work in, uh, as far as your business and stuff, and uh, at that point in time, you had one child, and then what happened from there? Well, we had uh, we had one child, and you know, like I said earlier, he uh, he had my attention for a little while, but that wore off pretty quick. Um, we were very busy, very blessed with a lot of work, and you know, we were. Um, we were, I continued to, uh, to build my kingdom. Um, what was this business you built? Uh, trusses, Tr- a okay. trust shop. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, so, and it seemed like, uh, it seemed like, um, I, I, uh, my focus was on the business obviously, uh, but it was to make money so that I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And, and I used that. Um, and I tried to, you know, we were struggling in our marriage and I tried to, I tried to, um, fix my marriage with money. You know, I was like, Hey, um, you know, I would buy whatever, whatever my bride wanted, you Mm -hmm. know, just to try to, just to try to keep her happy. And, uh, um, she wasn't like pounding on me with, you know, she wants something else out of me or anything like that. But in the back of my mind, I knew that she needed something else. She needed a husband and a spiritual leader of the home is really what she needed. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't ask me for that. But I was trying to replace that role with money. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, needless to say, that horribly failed. Hey, you can't make enough. No. <laughs> um and and even even through that um I was trying to keep her happy with money and I was trying to stay happy with money. You know, I would I would go out and spend money on things that um I don't think anybody in this world even really needs the things that I was spending money on, but I thought I did. Oh yeah. You know. One big one that I can think of is uh, um, about a about a year before I came to my first men's encounter, I uh, I went I went out and I and I bought a brand new bass boat. So I love bass fishing. I mean, I I, I spent a lot of money fishing, mm-hmm. and I thought I needed this bass boat, 
and I went and bought it. You know, it was decked out. It was a, it was a twenty-one foot bass boat, and it, and and it was fully loaded. Um, I went out and paid cash for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's after work. You know, I'd come home, and after work, you know, I'd go out in my building, out in my shop where I had this boat, and you know, and I'd I'd try to. I try to do something out there so I don't have to spend time with my family um, mm-hmm. and all this, you know. And But anyway, so uh, about 14 months after we had Adrian, um, our first son, we had our second son. And um, yeah, when my wife told me she's pregnant with Ad, uh, Brandon, um, I was mad. I was really mad. You know, I was like, why? Um, anyway, so uh, when, he, when he showed up, when he was born, he, uh, he had my attention for a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really care. I was like, right at first it irritated me. And I didn't care about him I didn't care about my bride I didn't care about Adrian it's just another responsibility that I don't want to mess with because we're so selfish and all we could think about was our self I mean I've been down that road yes absolutely can I one question here maybe this is part of the rest of the story but was you still in or was you out of the Amish at this point no we were still in still in okay yeah just full Amish yeah full blown Amish okay all right yep I figured you Yep. So, um, but yeah, I continued to continue to uh, build my business, and not not too long after that, um, it seemed like so the happiness that I was after um, it turned into it turned into more than just trying to buy things for myself and my bride and try to. It turned into more than that, you know. I uh, um, I turned to drinking, um, smoking, vaping, cheating on my bride, um, and just not caring, you know. Yeah. Coming home late nights, you know, just so maybe hopefully the wife already bathed the boys and put them to bed, and she's in bed and sleeping, and I can just slip in and. Um, sleep and get up before they get up and be gone, you know, so that I don't have to face my family. Yeah. Um, and I was, I, I, I was in it pretty deep. Um, and it didn't, yeah, I was actually, I actually had made plans on, um, leaving the Amish, leaving my family just walking away. I was done. And um I think uh I think what's uh I think Leroy talked to my dad about, you know, what's going on a little bit and sent my dad to the office to talk to me about men's encounter. Um dad walked into the office one day and he knew that Things were going bad. Um, 
And I think dad honestly, truly had a concern and he wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know how to receive that from my dad. But he, he walked into the office and asked me if I would be interested in going to a men's encounter weekend. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I had heard some, I had heard some rumors about men's encounter. You know, they do some weird stuff there, you know, like you can go there and get healed. That was, that was just strange (laughs) to me. That's what doctors are for. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, what, and I don't blame this on anybody but myself, you know, because I could have picked up the word and read it for myself. Um, but the way that I grew up, you know, going to church, um, I w- I've been to church all my life. And we would hear the stories in church about, you know, Jesus and the 12 disciples, you know, all the miracles that they performed while they were here. Yeah. Um, Jesus turning water into wine. Um, you know, healing people. And to me, that was just something that that happened in the Bible times. That's in the past. You know, we're we're just here. And it, so that's why, that's why the whole healing thing sounded weird to me. Oh, yeah. We grew up in, you know, somewhat different kind of religion, but you know, I never really heard about the healing stuff as I grew up either. We just, you hear about these characters in the Bible, what they did, but didn't really know that we could do the same thing. We could do some of it, but we couldn't do as much as they could when actually we can do the exact same thing and then even more in times. So just both taught by two different kind of people with the same kind of result. Right. Just religion. Did, was you pretty good? Was you pretty close with Leroy in your life? Do you even know him? Um, really know him that much? I knew I knew Leroy. Um, you know, I I had seen him as I'm growing up and throughout my years. Um, when we got married, uh, I invited Leroy and a bunch of my ex Amish cousins mm-hmm. and all these to my to my wedding. Um, and they showed up, um, and it was, I I had always, I had always looked to Leroy for, I, I really didn't know what, um, I feel like, I feel like now, I feel like it was, I seen something in Leroy that I wanted, and I didn't know what it was, um, and I think I know, or actually I do know now what it was. It was Jesus. Amen. Um, but I, I didn't, I, I don't know really. Um, you know, maybe, maybe something else would be, uh, he looks exactly like my dad. There's no hiding that. Right. <laughs> if Leroy would have an Amish beard, he would look exactly identical to my dad. I would rather say if my brother didn't have a beard, he'd look <laughs> like me. <laughs> There's two of these guys this good looking hanging around now. Huh? Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I like how you put that. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be better for everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. 
So your dad come in the office. He's like, I've talked to Leroy, and there's a men's encounter, and your dad obviously never been to men's encounter. No. But he's and, like, there's nothing I can do, and maybe I'm going to even do something I don't even really believe in, but I must believe in it some because I love my son, and there's something going to happen here. Right. He's going to he's gonna lose it all. Right. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with him, um, and uh, things were pretty tough, right? Uh, um, you know, and everybody kind of knew what was going on to a certain degree. I mean, we didn't know all the details. Um, and I mentioned something to my brother about, uh, hey, we should go to Men's Encounter. And, uh, and um, um, I don't know if that was before me and you had that conversation on uh, – um, when I got really real, um, or if that was afterwards, I think it was before it was before. Okay. Um, and so, uh, uh, well, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Paul go into the, into the area where, um, you know, it got real for me. And then I'm going to try to give you the backstory of the other side of it. Um, but I was really shocked that, um, my brother, John, he was, uh, he was willing to go to, uh, an encounter and um, he's got a Paul's got a younger brother Matthew that used to live up here and he'd work with us and he had went back home and and they were gonna they were both gonna go and so I was excited I was gonna get to take my younger brother and the the two nephews and we were gonna we were gonna go to the encounter and that's a, that was exciting to me um, and then uh, eventually we made it there we just didn't make it there with all of us so we'll finish the story but has your dad been to Men's Encounter? No. Okay, no. All right. Nope. Um, that's kind of a, that's kind of another conversation, but um, to this day, he's not going to go because he feels like um, he owes the church the respect and the church does not approve of Men's Encounter. And they said, no, don't go. We know it's good if they don't improve it. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Right. So what led to you getting to men's encounter? And we know uh we know what we's doing wasn't right. Well what's uh starting about what start having to change and start how you met Jesus here? Well, there's uh so when dad was in the office, he uh he asked me if I would go, and like I said, it that was I was like ah, I don't really want to, um, and he was uh, he didn't leave right away, so I finally gave up and I told him yeah I'll go, I'll go, but I told him that just to get him out of my office because he's talking about my personal issues that I have, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to give up I wasn't ready to lay down the life that I thought I was like ah well me and my bride are here and I don't like that so I'm just going to keep on drinking and I'm going to do this and that and you know just all that stuff and but yeah it was I I agreed to go and I didn't realize this but in the background um when I agreed to go, Dad said, uh, I asked him, well, what, how do I sign up or what, 
what do I owe you or whatever? And he said, it's all taken care of. I'm like, okay, here all of a sudden somebody's given me something. What am I just going to say no? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he left and I, and over the next couple of weeks, I just continued to dig even deeper into, into, uh, um, cheating on my bride and, and all that junk. And I made plans on leaving my bride. I uh, I bought a plane ticket, and I was I was going to fly out. Um, I was going to come to Missouri, and I was going to walk away from my bride and my two little boys, and I was going to be done. I was. I was I was done. I was even willing to. This is how. This is how done I was. The business that we had was a multi-million dollar business. And I was willing to walk away from that and be done. Mm. So a couple sure. weeks after Dad was there, I uh, I get a phone call one evening. I don't remember what time it was. And it was Leroy. And obviously the Lord had a hold of me because I don't really even know why I answered the phone. But anyway, so he got real with me that night. He told me uh, he told me he doesn't approve of what I am getting ready to do and am about to do. You know, walking away from my wife and being done, just living the party life and, and all this stuff. He said he, he told me he doesn't approve of that. Um, and he poured into me about a, about some other stuff, you know, the consequences of, of what I'm getting ready to do. And um, that didn't even really reach me. I was like, well, whatever, I'll deal with it. Um, I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was thinking. And then before the phone call was over, um, he told me whatever I decide is up to me. But before I leave my bride and my boys... He wants me to get down on my knees in front of my boys and look them straight in the eye and tell them that daddy's going to leave. He's going to leave mom and them behind and isn't going to come back. Well, needless to say, that broke me. I bet. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. So that that broke me, but and he made me promise that I would do that. He wouldn't let me go. I wanted to not promise that, but he wouldn't let me go. And I thank God for Leroy, for the obedience. I know that that wasn't easy for him. Yeah, so... Uh... Uh, at this time, um, uh, and I had heard that uh, Paul was going to buy an airplane ticket, and um, you know I heard all that, and he was going to leave, and he was out of there, and and uh, and I was I was in the office and uh, sitting there, and and it was as clear as the day is long that I was supposed to call him, uh, and uh, and I knew what I was I knew what I was supposed to tell him. I mean, it was almost like the Lord was sitting right next to me. Um, 
And uh, I, uh, he's right. I didn't want to, right? Um, because it broke me, you know, as I'm sitting there. Because, uh, you know, I knew his boys. Hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, and so uh, I made him. I called him, and, uh, and I did tell him that uh, to do that, um, and made him make me a promise uh, that he would. And uh, in the meantime, obviously, we were, uh, you know, we were praying, believing that uh, for the impossible from the natural, you're looking at it like, okay, this is over. I mean, he already bought a truck, right? And then, uh, and then um, you know, and I'm looking at it like, well, maybe his bride would, you know, if they're not going to be Amish, if Paul's not going to be Amish, maybe his bride would go with him, but... At this point in time, there was no convincing Paul to take his bride with him mm-hmm. uh, because he was done. Uh, so the next best thing is is that somehow or another that he could, uh, you know, work things out and uh, and sell his truck and and just stay Amish. I mean, this is the thoughts that are running through my mind. So uh, after we hung up, um, uh, in the meantime, the encounter in the counter stuff uh, was getting put together as far as going out there, getting him. And I think my brother was excited because um, uh, I think maybe he looked at it like if I can get him to encounter, maybe he'll go back Amish, um, you know. And, and, and from, a, from a dad's side, I understand that, right? I mean, you, don't want, you want the best for your children, yep. you know. Um, so as far as, the, as far as going to encounter, um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Uh, say this story I was sitting basically at the at the kitchen table uh, early one morning and uh, uh, this is before I had called my brother and said hey uh, if they want to go to encounter uh, I'll drive out and pick them up I was sitting at the island and uh, and uh, you know you guys hear me say all the time that uh, that we uh, work for Jesus and he lets us build buildings right amen Amen. So as I'm sitting there, and it was almost like the Lord was sitting right next to me, and he says, uh, you know, you always tell people you work for me. So now let's see what you're going to do. I need to have you go to Colorado and pick up your nephew, take him to South Missouri into encounter, take him back home, and then come back home. Uh, for me, it wasn't a question at that point in time, right? Because I was broken uh, from the fact that I seen the enemy at work, and uh, he was trying to tear a family apart, just like he always does, right? Amen. If he can get in there and he get the husband, uh, and if he can get the husband out of there, and then the family will fall apart. Uh, so that was the backside story of of the encounter, and then I'll let Paul finish from there. We just I basically uh, took the van and. And we headed to Colorado. At that point in time, I was still thinking that uh, my younger brother, his dad, was going to go with us. Um, and when it come down to it, like Paul said, um, the church would have rather he wouldn't. So rather than ruffling up some feathers, he stayed home. And I went to Colorado and picked the two boys up, went to South Missouri. When was that? That would have been January a year ago, right? Was yeah. it? Right. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, just as you was talking there, you know, if you'd have left your boys at uh, the time you did, as many men have made that terrible choice, 
and boys might end up encounters and 20 years later that same story about their father leaving them and just uh struggling terrible and not knowing where to be so i mean that decision you made of putting finally putting jesus first in your life and getting introduced to jesus by leroy i mean what a what a mentor what an uncle what a friend to be able to do something that he didn't really want to do and uh pour out to you and, and love you and uh, tell you the right direction because we're all men sitting here we've all had business we all like money to a, a point and uh then your dad just uh, a guy that's believes a different kind of religion and to put all that aside and just put the love of his son was more important than anything to him is what really Amen. stuck out stuck out to me yep absolutely and like we said, you know, Dad hasn't been to Men's Encounter yet. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna stand on it. One day, my dad is gonna be there. Amen. And then he's gonna look back and say, "Wow, look at what I turned down so many times." But I'm, he's gonna say, "Look what I got now." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can't live in the can't live in the past. No. Sometimes I've been just like you. You're thinking somebody's going to look back and say what they've missed, but um, it doesn't make any difference. The Lord, he just makes all that time go. Just like in my testimony, how the Lord just made so many things just like full circle. And obviously I'm older and you, you'd like to put that time back, but obviously that wasn't, uh, you're not going to do that. But you got to take the story that you've got and the story that you've got and the story that you got and as you up there praying in the altars for men and encounters or Walmart anyway, and you've been able to understand what they're talking about. If we all lived in a bubble and went down there to encounters and tried to pray for somebody, we wouldn't, not that the Holy Spirit couldn't speak right through us, but I mean, our experiences is what right. helps other people. Yep. Your testimony is what, uh, was what changes, you know, and the exciting thing is, is, uh, you know, and all of us here, uh, it's not, the testimony is not really about us, right? It's our life journey. But when you share your testimony, I wish people would understand this. And, and I, I know some people do, but sharing your testimony, uh, uh, the, the amount of people that it touches um, is phenomenal, right? Mm -hmm. Because the only reason encounter works the way it does is because the first time that I went down there, people up there sharing their testimony and I didn't have like, you know, I look at it like a tremendous amount of baggage when I went there. I was living for the Lord, but uh, I was so lukewarm that uh, it was pathetic and we all know what lukewarm is, Yeah, right? Not good. And it put, right, and it put, uh, it put a fire in there that, uh, that uh, the main thing that I look back at is is the is the book. I mean, I had to go back home and wonder where my book was. Right? I mean, hey, let's go over there to the counter and find it underneath about fourteen different papers, and then dust it off and get into the Word. Right. Uh, You've got to stay in the Word. That's just a word for us. A word for the, all the people that we prayed for. Every man that walks out of that encounter could have been either all of us walk right on, you're on a spiritual high, you're drunk in the spirit, you don't get into the word, and you just come falling down. So just a word to every, you've got to find that um, private time for you and the Lord to go on a date every day. Right. got to be something you're seeking and, 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 and wanting to do. Right. I mean, it's just like when you, you have to humble yourself and seek the Lord. It's just like a, 
a man as all of us are, have been workers, but we get frustrated with that guy that don't want to, to look for a job. He just sits at home. He plays on video games. But when you won't humble yourself, you won't seek for the Lord, you're the same kind of person as just sitting at home playing video games. You're just expecting it to be handed to you. You've got to go seek the Lord. I mean, he's right there, but you got to go seek for him. He wants you to seek for him. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah. you got to get out of your pew. you got to get uh, out of bed, and you got to get into the Word, and you got to... Yeah. Find a find a space for you and the Lord, and seek Him, and go on a date with Him, and fall in love with Him, and uh, just man, when you're sitting there reading the Word, and you're just reading along, and just something, and man, the tears come, and this the Lord speaks to them. There's, there's nothing like it. You don't forget it. Right. Amen. Amen. That's what's so awesome about the Word of God. It's alive, and something that somebody told me the other day, or well, I say the other day a lot. That was probably six weeks ago. But I've told quite a few guys this. Um, and I was able to tell my dad this, actually. Um, the the Bible, the Word of God, um, if we read the Bible, that's the only book on in the world that I know of that the author has to be present for it to make sense. Amen. It's the only book. <laughs> for sure. 100%. So old Leroy, Uncle Leroy, come got you. Drove you to a men's encounter. And I'm guessing yeah. things had changed that weekend. Yep. Well, I want to back up a little bit to the phone call. You know, I I had to promise him that I'll get in front of my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hang up the phone. and And I was outside at the time. Walk in the house, and I'm still in front of my bride. I'm still, uh, I'm still here being Mr. Tough Guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want my bride to see or know that uh, I'm starting to break down. You know, something's starting to change in my life. I don't want my bride to see that. And so I walk in the house, and I actually literally got on my knees and got my boys in front of me. And I was going to tell them this because I promised Leroy that I would. Mm-hmm. I was going to tell them that Dad's going to leave. And I got him over there in front of me, and they just looked at me with this look that I cannot describe it. I, I don't, I honestly have no clue what kind of look it was. But I wasn't able to tell them. I could not tell them that daddy is going to leave and not come back. I I couldn't. Praise God. Amen. You know, and uh, the only thing that I was able to do right then was, well, I'm already on my knees, um, and they're right here. I just gave them a hug. That's all I could do. And, yeah, it was unreal. But anyway... On to uh, when Leroy came out there and um, picked us up. You know, that was probably what spoke the most to me besides me needing to get in front of my boys and telling them that I'm going to leave. Probably what spoke to me the most was Leroy's over here talking to a uh, unbeliever. I was an unbeliever. Leroy's talking to me and, and, you know, talking about God, 
you know, like he knows this man. And and then listening to this voice and driving, what is it, 750 miles one way and yeah. picking me up and taking me to encounter and then reversing that whole trip. I mean, that actually spoke to me. That's That, that was obedience mm-hmm. to something that he can't even see. He can feel his presence and he knows him. But, man. That's love. That's love. Father's love. And in that same phone call, he also told me that he called me to tell me all these things because he loves me. And I hadn't heard that for a long time. I, uh, it, w- it was like the Lord spoke to me right then. I mean, I didn't know that it was the Lord, but it was like the Lord spoke to me right then and, and told me that uh, Leroy loves me like I love you. But yeah, it was uh it was uh when we got to encounter um the Friday night session, you know, the repentance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all Jeff was talking about, but it seemed like I was the only person in that building and he was talking to me. And the Lord grabbed a hold of me and you know, I was holding on to my seat for a while, but I couldn't stand it. I uh um he did the salvation call, you know, and I didn't get up then. Mm-hmm. And then he did the rededication, and it's like the Lord, the Lord told me, "That's you, get up." And before I knew what happened, I was on my feet, and I went to the front, and I could take I could take you exactly to the spot up front where it was. But I right then, I knew that the Lord had more for me. And that night is when I truly, for the first time ever in my life, gave my life to Christ. Amen. Praise a- God. Amen. Now, did you go to him and Leroy in prayer? Did somebody, do you remember who it was? I I don't remember. That's okay. No big deal. No, <laughs> I don't remember who it was. I just know that this guy poured into me. And one thing that he told me that I won't forget is... Uh, he told me that uh, you need to go home and you need to you need to find some brothers and you need to uh, you need to uh, stay plugged in, you know, and and confess your sins, uh, what you've done. And I was like, man, that's tough. I don't want to do that. You know, these guys back home, they know who I am. I don't want to tell them that, hey. Uh, you know, I'm 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 living this new life. I I didn't I didn't want to tell them that uh, I'm going to change this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was able to stay in touch with Leroy, and and I've told him this um, that he's like a dad to me. So, yeah. I look at it like a spiritual father. Amen. I mean, he's not my, not my. Uh, my dad lives in Colorado. Leroy looks like my dad, and he's willing to lay down his life for anybody. 
Amen. Your boy is a very special, special man. Yeah. He's poured into a lot of guys. Even though Yuri's blood relation, he's, he would pour into somebody else that wasn't just the same. Absolutely. And for you guys out there that need a dad, Leroy's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing that's coming is my phone number. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's a uh, it's special, right? I mean, uh, because most people that know me is, uh, you know, I I wasn't always like this, right? So, you know, my passion is to uh, to uh, love people, right? That's what I love to do. I love to love people. Um, and uh, when it brought it all home was uh, is uh, when he asked me to do what what we went and and, uh, and done right uh and it's nothing i'm not uh, it's nothing special on me it's just that i knew that that's what i had to do i had to go to colorado uh and then you look at it you know and, and it's pretty humbling to think that uh that the lord would use you right uh to i mean the lord 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 said in the bible it talks about you know leaving the 99 to go after the one amen right and it's uh, humbling to know that the Lord would use you to uh, to be able a small part of uh, putting a marriage back together. Uh, so it's pretty pretty humbling, pretty special. And Paul's uh, to watch Paul from where he was to you know uh, where he is today, and his walk is uh, is pretty exciting. I'm uh, super excited for him, and super excited for his bride and his boys and. You know, uh, so his family will be changed forever. Amen. Yeah, the advice you gave him, I mean, you could have gave him a lot of great uh, business advice financially, but the advice you had given him I mean, has changed his life forever and generations upon generations. Amen. So your life was changed at the men's encounter. Leroy took you back home, then you had to go and tell... Your wife and friends and family, what did, what had happened? Yes. And that wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. And, you know, Travis Munn shares his testimony at a men's encounter. And that's probably the one that hit me the most. Um, he was telling me my story. And he told me, or it seemed like he was telling me my story, and he told me that uh, um, if I truly want to be free, then I'm going to have to confess, you know. And I wanted to be free. You know, I had a, I had a touch of, down there, I, I had that feeling, you know. Hey, wow, all of a sudden... Um, I got saved there. Mm -hmm. You know, I I uh, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to be free, so I was willing to confess to my bride. But I told my bride that, or no, not my bride. I told God that uh, it's going to be in His timing. And when that time came around, I knew it. And. I looked, I looked my bride in the eyes and I told her that, you know, everything that I'd done, 
I, I laid it all out and told her that I'm sorry. And I also told her that she doesn't have to forgive me. Um, I just wanted to tell her that I'm sorry. And she looked me straight in the eye and told me, I have already forgiven you. Wow. Well, I mean, that obviously broke me because I wasn't expecting that. And to this day, my bride, my bride struggles with some of her things, but she's a very strong, very strong woman. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in her shoes. Could I have told her that I've already forgiven her? So, yeah, that was very special to me that she was willing to to forgive me and and and, and move on. So, that Holy Spirit coming before us and preparing them for the news of what we have done is the if it wasn't for that, I mean it it doesn't like it goes over smooth. I mean, the pain and the hurt is terrible. Stuff that I, you know, just like you, had to tell my wife and still struggles with it. You know, at, at different times, it'll pop up out of the blue and you feel and you feel horrible, honestly. But if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit getting them ready and giving them the ability to be able to forgive, it just, it just don't work. It just, you can't ever move on from it. So, uh, praise, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Amen. So you got to tell her, and um, obviously after you, after we do that as men, then there's freedom in between us, you know, just like it was, you know, to the the best point you can is when you first met each other, and your your marriage is stronger than better than ever, and the love is is back. Then uh, life goes on. What uh, what did you start doing after that? Well, the thing that comes to mind right now is uh, after after my life changed, you know, I uh, obviously she didn't trust me right away. You know, she told me she forgave me, but there was some trust. Mm-hmm. There was some trust uh, broken, you know, and, and she told me that she doesn't trust me. Um, and this is where I was able to lean on Leroy um, for for more. You know, and he he told me that uh, you know to get her trust back, and and for her to be able to uh, um, leave the Amish home and even and even go with me, you know, to live a new lifestyle. Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to show her that I'm a new man. Right. I'm gonna have to show her the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me if you show her that. She'll walk off the edge of the world with you, and I, I stand on that today because that's exactly what happened. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Um, he told me that. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just awesome. 
tell your wife or anybody else that you're a changed man, first thing you got to do is change. Right. <laughs> Some people right. don't want to. They just want their tell whoever it is that it is their wife or a friend. They don't really change. I mean, you have to change and, and prove that you've really changed. You've got to really, really love them. As I was talking to a guy at the altar this weekend, it's just like it's not a it's not a hundred yard dash that your wife is just going to be healed and it's over with and get over it and move on. It's a, it's a marathon. I mean, it's man it has to really change and you got to be changed every day. Yep. And, and the Lord changes you, but with our own self will, we can do things that we shouldn't. I mean, there's still times that there's in little, whatever you'd call it, argument, whatever. And you kind of say things and you know, that reminds her of, the way we used to be, and you immediately regret you wish you didn't say that. So, I mean, and a guy was over here the other day, our last podcast, Jim Paulson, and just for all of us, everybody here and everybody on the air that, uh, I mean, the, our wives are a gift from God, and that's something we need to pray over them every day and tell them you are a gift. I mean, what would we be without our wives? I mean, she just fills in so many blanks for me that I would not be if it wasn't her I mean just think of all the things they do for us and how they make us better and and we're stupid sometimes and don't realize it right and then and as you're as you're saying that I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself um, uh, um, so I'm going to ask you a question so at what point did you realize that you didn't realize that all the way through your marriage or you realized that that my wife is a gift right um you realize that at times, as we all do, but we're so arrogant as men, um, it's, you know, we're glad to have her, but man, I'll tell you what's good is she's got me. But in the more that we, I follow Jesus and just the more, you know, really, the more that we say it, right. the more that I say Jill is a, a gift from right. God for me, the more that we believe it. I mean, right. just like anything. That's right. I believe I can jump off this mountain and not get hurt. The more I say it, the more I believe it. Right. And that's just for us men or, you know, and women, you know, when we get our act right, I mean, we are a gift to them too. And the more that we say it out loud, the more that we say it to them, the more we're going to believe it. That's right. It goes back to, uh, it goes back to what I've always, uh, for, for years and years is, uh, is uh, the battle is won in the mind, right? Yeah. Life and death is spoken in the tongue. And it's so powerful. Like, what's your mind? What's what are what's your mind thinking, right? Or what are you saying over yourself? Or what are you saying over your bride? Or, you know, you've been there. You ask a guy, "Hey, how you doing?" Twenty minutes later, you want to go shake yourself off because you're already down in the dumps because he just unloaded everything on you. And that doesn't mean that we can't listen to problems, but it comes a point in time if you ask that guy that next week. Guess what? It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, until you get that mind changed and you speak those things over yourself it's exactly what you were saying a second ago if obviously we put the lord in the center of our marriage but if you're speaking positive things over your wife or you're saying man i appreciate you or she's absolutely a rock star she's special to me and you continually say that guess what eventually you're going to believe it amen amen but it's got to be said right they got to hear it yeah, they need to hear it. Yeah. Yep. It was like uh, last night we got got back from Encounter, and um, I just felt like I needed to tell my wife that uh, 
Um, she's God's daughter. She's not just my wife. She's his. She's God's daughter, and he chose me and let me do life with her. Right. You know, before this, I didn't think that way, but I do now. Amen. Yeah, we've thought a lot of things about our wives that wasn't true. You know, the, the burden of them, we got to do this, and we got to do that. And, um, you know, just like he was talking about buying a boat, a lot of times we'd buy something that we was going to do with the family, and we get it one time, then we didn't even really want to do it with the family. We wanted to do it by ourselves or with the with the friends. It's just all the times we took for granted our wives, our wonderful kids, just for our own ego, our own pride. And uh, it just really just can't be like that. Right. We have to be able to put our family ahead of our own needs. We have to put we have to put everybody. We get to the point where we can put everybody's else above ourselves that's right and take the last place and and push i mean that's that's where walking a little bit closer being like jesus amen and it's not easy yeah i seems so cop into your head and you're just like man i don't i don't think like that i mean get that out of there you know right. just to to be a servant to be humble and yeah nothing like it I kind of get us distracted all over the place. Is there, after we've, and I guess now you're obviously out of the Amish. Mm-hmm. How did that come around? Well, I knew that, uh, I knew that the Amish are not going to approve of me going to Men's Encounter, um, or at least the community where I'm at, where I was from. You know, there are Amish that do uh, approve of it. Um, and... I mean, I was like, I I, want to serve the Lord. I'm done with, I'm done with uh, going to church and, you know, having to suit up a certain way and um, being fake. I was done with being fake. And the lifestyle that I lived before this was fake. Um, I wanted to be real. And right then, you know, it didn't really matter. I just knew that where I was at didn't work. I wanted something else. Right. So I chose this lifestyle. And I'll be honest, right at first my wife was not on board with not being Amish. Mm -hmm. But when I was able to show her that there is something better, you know, there's Jesus, um, she wanted to follow it was uh it was amazing and it still is amazing i tell everybody that uh the life that i have now there's no way under the sun that i would trade what i have now for what i had Amen. even though back then i had a lot of money mm-hmm. i would not trade it no yeah the money obviously just didn't bring no happy that's the same as my story when the lord had finally changed me i mean i was doing as good as i'd ever done you know, you got piles of new cars and all this stuff, and I mean, absolutely so depressed and down. It wouldn't even, it didn't even want to drive them. It was just you couldn't even hardly. It's just miserable. The complaining, the griping, the looking for any kind of happiness, and it was not not there. And thank God for that trial. Thank God for that. Uh, what He put me through. Like here's everything, dude. <laughs> you don't even like it. I mean, 
and not realizing what was going to happen in it and to bring me to bring me back you know another prodigal son man <laughs> yeah there's Praise a God. lot of people and there's uh i mean speaking for myself too you know we run around and we're searching for that right but there's only one spot there's a spot in your heart that only one person can fill right and until jesus christ fills it you'll never you'll never have the peace that people feel like we feel when when the lord truly fills that spot because that spot in that heart is open for him and there's nothing else that can fill it but so many people are running around looking for it and i'm speaking for myself there was a point in time when i was running around looking for it right mm -hmm. and we did everything underneath the sun but when you when you get to the point where you're sold out uh, there's not a better feeling than uh, being sold out for jesus and all he wants is your obedience that's all same thing with giving money and you know i always look at it like people look at it from the tithing side right and i was having a conversation with a guy this weekend and i'm like look it doesn't matter whether you make a hundred dollars or you make a million dollars all the lord's looking for is your obedience mm -hmm. right i mean we're running off of a little bit of a different subject here but i feel like somebody needs to hear the fact that we either believe all of the word or we don't believe any of the word because in the Bible, it talks about giving, right? Amen. And so then that means your finances. This is where it usually gets a little tricky with people, right? Mm -hmm. So when somebody's struggling in their finances, that'll be my first question when they look me in the eyes. And my first question to them is, are you tithing? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, well, that tells me everything, right? So until somebody is sold out in that aspect, uh, it's hard for... It's hard for, I, well, for me personally, whenever that originally happened is uh, uh, my actions spoke so loud, it was hard for the Lord to hear a word I said, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm all in. Hey, I'm over here. I'm all in. And then it comes to the checkbook. Well, I mean, let's wait a minute. I, I don't know if I can be all in on that. I mean, I want to buy this boat or I want to buy, you know what I mean? Yeah, we are. And we've all been there. Right. But, in, but there's a peace and a comfort that comes over you when you are sold out in that aspect and you're, you're, that, that flows through you is indescribable. Amen. And you can be a slave to money by chasing money to build your own kingdom, but you can be a slave to money by being not having much trying to survive. Amen. Not giving it to the Lord. You might have an 06 or 96 S10 or a brand new whatever, if the Lord tells you to give it all, yeah. will you give it all? That's what, right. what matters. But, I mean, we can be a slave to our work right. or either way, being trying to make it or having a bunch. It's just yeah. you're giving everything to your work instead of giving everything to the Lord and letting him lead and letting him do it all with your life. So, Right. Amen. Yeah, this is... Uh, was there more that you wanted to tell about your testimony? Um, I forget where I was at. You got out of the Amish. Right. Got out, of, got out of the Amish. I don't think we heard anything as far as you ended up selling your business. I know that, you know, and then you moved on. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, where are you going now? What does it look like? Amen. Um, I mean, so I... So I uh, left the Amish, and obviously they didn't they didn't want to do business with me. So I decided to uh, to sell my 
my share of the business. I actually had a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to sell my share of the business. And um, yeah, that was kind of a drawn out process, but we got that all got that all done and then uh, ended up moving to uh, Westcliff, which is like two and a half hours east of where we were at. And now I'm uh, in another business, uh, got another business partner. Um, now we do garage doors, um, and that's going, that's going really well. But after I, after I finally figured out how to listen to the Lord, um, now all of a sudden I, I moved to Westcliff and, you know, I bought this house and I got this mortgage on it and I mean, it's a nice big house. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Lord's been speaking to me and he wants me to sell that house and he wants me to move, um, wants me to move in here to Missouri. So awesome. My house is on the market. <laughs> Anybody looking for a house? <laughs> Amen. Um, and there's a, actually while we were down there and at encounters this weekend, um, at the civic center, I walked into the civic center and um, I was probably there for 15 minutes or so. My realtor called me and oh, wow. said, hey, I got somebody that wants to look at the house tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool. We're not at home. The house is unlocked. Have at it. So I'm still waiting to hear from her what happened there. Amen. Um, but Lord told you to sell it. It's going to sell. That's exactly right. One hundred percent. I I one hundred percent. Yeah, I one I one hundred percent stand on that, and I know He will. Mm-hmm. Um, and move around here in this area, closer to us, or. Yeah, we're going to be, we're looking down there at Chillicothe area. Okay, awesome. It'll be awesome to have you around here. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, it'll be good for uh, Paul and Susan, and it'll be good for us. It'll it'll be exciting, you know, to, uh, um, you know, out there, I know they don't have posts, right? So you got Zoom posts, which, which is great. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with Zoom posts. Uh, in here, he'd be able to go to a, you know, live post. I mean, hey, one thing about here is we're truly blessed. We are. I mean, you got, you can either take a Monday, you can take a, a Tuesday, you can take a Thursday. Thursday. Um, you know, in Kansas City, I don't remember when theirs is, but you can find a post within forty-five minutes of you, pretty much every day of the week. Kansas City, I believe, is Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Yep. It's yep. good too. Yep. This area is so blessed from the men's encounter. It took me. Just all different. I've said before, the men's encounter at first, you know, was struggled with it. Different. I don't know why. Just stupidity. And but, what would this area be without men's encounter? I mean, it would be wouldn't be nothing like this. It'd be different. It'd yeah. be like it was twenty five years ago when I yeah. changed my life and a lot of great people. But it wasn't so many different things to do. There wasn't so many brothers and sisters for holding you accountable and sharpening you and all the friends that I've met. And right. uh, we had our the man up would never been like it was. It'd been a nice deal, but all the men coming that's been excited for the Lord and got yep. that spirit rolling and just yep. all the other things that's happened to me, we'd have probably never that's met right. each other. We'd have never met each other. Right. I mean, who knows yeah. what would happen to you? I mean, you maybe yeah, right. got a couple of boys at home that uh, don't have a dad. That's right. Right. Amen. So, yeah. I mean, 
Praise it's praise a, God for it. I mean, and it takes guys with the that uh, do are lucky and not lucky is not the word, but blessed enough to have businesses that can pour yep. into yep uh, men's encounter one hundred percent. So uh, the Lord doesn't want us all to be uh, broke and living in the street. He wants us to to have an abundant life of uh, the Holy Spirit and the blessings from the Lord. Right. But if he says give, give. If he says sell your home, you sell your home. Right. He says, well, you want to choose my Holy Spirit or you want to choose this stuff that you've accumulated. I mean, right. we know what we would choose. That's right. None of it means nothing without the Lord. And praise God that we have all found that. And praise God for the what's going on in our area. And it's going to be awesome to have Paul here just to add to it. Yeah, and his wife and his children. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to be here. You know, there's uh, through Encounter, I got to, um, so I got to know Leroy a lot better. Got to know you, um, Eddie, all kinds of guys around here that I know that, you know, if I'm struggling with something, then, um. They're there. You guys are here. Amen. You know? Right. It doesn't matter what it is. If I'm struggling with um, anything, you know, if I'm struggling with thoughts about, hey, you know, I'm not worth this or that or whatever, you know, and I kind of almost thinking about going and maybe going to a strip club or something and cheating on my bride again. I know that I can pour that all out and you guys are going to pray for me. Amen. Amen. And I feel like. I feel like that's important, or actually I don't feel like I know that's important to surround yourself with brothers that are able and willing to hold you accountable. Amen. Um, you know, I feel like uh, I I could have went back home and, and decided that, hey, I'm uh, whatever, I'm just going to continue in what I'm doing and be done with it. I could have done that. But I chose not to. Amen. Um, you know, it's like um, you're either you're either in or you're out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's uh, the Lord asked me here a while back. You know, are you are you uh, in or are you out? You know, and He gave me a choice. He said, "It's your choice. It's a free gift. I gave it all to you." You just got to receive it. Amen. And, but. Yeah, the, the Bible says, you know, worry about the log in your own eye and not the speck in your brother's. It doesn't say not to worry about the speck in your brother's eye. It says do it in the proper order. Get yourself right. Get yourself cleaned up from the inside. Then go to your brother. That's right. And speak to him. Yeah. That's how we sharpen each other. Yeah. But, you know, we keep kind of taking, and I do it too, is we know where the light is, but we kind of like, we can handle this, we can handle this, but you get so far away from the light before you turn, and the Lord is, con- or the devil's confusing you and turning you, and you get out there so far and it's got so deep, you can't find the light to get back. So, I mean, we need to quickly repent. We need to c- quickly get to our brothers and have them pray for us and say, man, we're struggling. And that's hard as a man. Right, right. But, but, we, that, we but that's a good word. Right. Yeah, we see a brother that's got a speck in his eye, you know? Right. And if I go to you and say, you know what, you don't think you're doing this, I mean, I can't be such an arrogant, 
arse that uh, I can't have you say something back to me. And that's some the problem with us. It's like, I'm afraid if I say it to Leroy, he'll catch me in my sin. Well, a big deal. I mean, we have exactly. to be like, man, I think you're struggling. Well, I, I've seen you do this. Oh, great. Awesome. Right. Let's pray about it. Let's stay on the right path. Yeah. I mean, people are watching us. We're examples. All Christians are examples, and we have to be an example at all times. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, it's like uh, I heard this. Uh, I actually heard this uh, this illustration in an Amish setting. You know, they they uh, they can preach the word. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was um, one of them was uh, I don't remember when it was, but I remember the story. It was like if you take a flashlight and you're ho- and it's dark outside and you're holding the flashlight and you're shining outside that lights up all kinds of things you can see everything mm-hmm. but if you are out there and somebody's shining a flashlight on you what can you see you can see the beam and it blinds everything else so he was using that as as uh Jesus we keep our focus on Jesus we're going to see him and we're going to we're going to want to walk that straight path but if we if we turn our back from him then it opens the then it opens your whole view and you're going to see strip clubs you're going to see bars you're going to see all kinds of things that you can fall into and your focus can be on that but when you when you fall into that um turn around and look at the light. Amen. That's really good. Yeah, that's good. Really that's good. good. So true. Yeah. Well, we come here to the end and just, uh, just something I'd kind of learned the other day and got to say it at the men's breakfast and kind of popped in my head there as Paul was talking and, um, and I'd said it at then and it kind of really kind of gave even Eddie cause kind of some revelation the guy was speaking one time about, uh, Abraham and, uh, the Lord told him to go sacrifice his son. But when he told him that, Abraham kept listening to the Lord. Even though if the Lord tells us to do something, we need to keep listening because he might change the way. He might tell us to go right and then go a little ways and he might turn us to turn left. But if we don't ever keep listening to him, we don't really know where he's going to end to. So if Abraham didn't keep listening to the Lord and keep his ears open, you know, he would cut the cut his son's head off, but he kept listening, you know, and hoping and praying, obviously, and the Lord said, stop. Right. So when the Lord tells you to do something, that doesn't mean he's not going to speak to you ever again. Keep listening, and you don't know, because sometimes we need to go right to get the Lord to get us veered over to the left, just like this wonderful testimony you've told us. I mean, it was going one way and the other way and ended up and, you know, just what an awesome, awesome testimony. Uh, Paul, I was sitting there talking to you afterwards and didn't get to hear all of it, and you was uh, telling me, and hopefully people would understand. Hopefully this would change uh, people's lives. And as we'd talk, another guy would say, just, you know, thank you for your testimony. Talk a little bit another guy and another guy. So um, great, wonderful testimony. Paul, is uh, awesome to have you on here. Uh, Reminds me a lot of some of my own stuff and uh, wonderful. Have Leroy on here, just a wonderful friend, uh, a wonderful man, man of God. It's good to be on. Really, really humbled and I really appreciate it. It's been good. Um, 
Paul, you close us in prayer. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, we thank you for this podcast. Lord, we thank you for each and every ear that's going to hear this, Lord God. Father, we just pray that you would uh, you would touch them, Lord God, Father, and just to glorify you. It has and nothing to us, Lord God, Father, just to uh, just to pour out your spirit upon all flesh, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that you would uh, bless everybody, Lord God. Father, just bless Leroy, Lord God, Father, and just bless Brian, Lord, for their obedience, Lord God, because obedience is what saved my marriage, Lord, and you know that uh, you know that people need to see that, Lord God. And Father, you know uh, you know your plans you have for each and every one of us on here, Lord, and everybody that hears this, Lord God, Father, and just uh, pouring into them, Lord God, and Father, and just uh, show them that you have a greater plan for them, Lord God. And Father, we thank you for your son, Lord God, that uh, you sent him to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, and uh, we praise you, Lord God, for your love, Lord, and let us just feel your presence, Lord, as we go throughout life, Lord God. And Father, let the people that we encounter, Lord, uh, just uh, be moved by your presence, Lord God. Father, we praise you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Men, just be sure that we man up. We're a spiritual leader of our home, and when you pray over our lives, just pray and thank God for what a, what a gift that he has given us. Thanks Amen. for listening. See you next time.